Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. I am Trevor Sigma. With me is Benjamin Solak on a beautiful yeah. Fan Friday edition of Locked On NFL Draft. Held that one out for you, Ben, because I know you were missing it last time. I went a little too that fast. Was, that one was. That was odd. Like, it was everything I dreamed and so much more. It's funny, like... The the Fan Friday intro doesn't do much. Like, they keep it locked right here. Or I should say the usual podcast intro. Keep it locked right here. Like, I'm just used to those at this point. But Fan Friday for me is still, like, holy <laughs> gets me pumped. Well, at least Ben looks forward to Fan Friday at the end of the week. I'm sure that you guys hopefully do as well. Unless we never answer your questions. In which case, it's a personal attack on you as a human being. I was being. about to say, let's pick a guy. And just never answer his questions. No, I'm, and not, not why, I'm not going to do that. No. It would be funny. Imagine no. if a, somebody in the premium Slack just like, yo, they haven't answered my question in the last eight times. The premium like, Slack? Weird. Those people pay good money for yeah, it. Yeah, but it'd be funny. God, you'd be a terrible businessman. Listen. Let's take our best customers and then piss them the hell off. Yeah, as a bit. <laughs> All things are bits. And then we just tell them a year later, ah, it was a bit. Yes, and it'd be amazing. And then they would just be like, ah, okay, I unsubscribe from the podcast. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Uh, ben, we got a lot of questions that we're going to get to this week. Uh, a couple of them are personal and big shout-outs that we got to get to, so I'm very, very excited for those. But before we get to those, my friend, it is the end of the week. So how are you? Everything is delicious. Uh, got to go fishing this week. Nice, been nice. 95 bajillion degrees this week. When's the last time you've been fishing? I've been a bit, uh, so I was able to go out this week because Mary was on vacation this week, so there were literally no rules. Oh. I was, oh. I did dinner time fishing. I was out fishing at dusk. Which you're probably knows. you're probably eating cereal for dinner. I have worn the same pair. Of oh my lord! I was about to say you probably worn the same sweatpants, even though it's ninety degrees every day this week. Nah, I've worn the same pair of shorts the entire week, and now I'm like running the dishwasher and. Doing laundry because she's coming home tomorrow. Yeah, but she doesn't you- listen to the podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> you got to shape up. We actually uh, we have a we have a newlyweds question here in mm-hmm. Fan Friday that we're going to get to at some point. But uh, if you are ready to go, I'll kick it off with this first question from Matt. You ready? Please. Let's do it. Matt said this. I said it was a question, but it's actually not a question. It's more of a statement. Liar. Uh, he, he actually DM'd me this a couple of days ago. He said, I know I'm super early for Fan Friday, but there's a reason for it. My friends and I are actually headed to Charlotte for the night. We're headed to New Orleans first thing in the morning, so I won't be able to listen to the pod this week. But as an avid fan of the show and ally of the podcast from the very beginning, I was hoping for a 27th birthday shout-out. My birthday is Sunday the 13th. Big shout-out for Matt's birthday. Matt turns 27. He's been an ally of the pod for all 27 years. He didn't know it until probably like three years ago when he became an ally of the pod. But I know, I know deep down in my heart that he was an ally of the pod before the pod even began. And that's why we love him. Happy birthday, Matt. Hope you have a great weekend in New Orleans. Do we have any New Orleans recommendations for Matt? Uh, Mother's Cafe, for sure. 
Um, I think Bombay that's... Club. If you like jazz and vibes, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. the, you. I mean, if you've never been to New Orleans before, and you're of drinking age, which Matt obviously is at 27 years old, then nice. you need to at least try a hand grenade and a hurricane, which are the two iconic drinks that are on Bourbon Street. You have to go and you have to experience that. There's also Wait, some. That's two separate drinks: hand grenade and hurricane. Yes, these are two separate drinks. Yeah. I thought it was one drink called a hand grenade and a hurricane. Yeah, it's called. And a hand- I was like, <laughs> I mean, whoa. look, someone That's somewhere has mixed both of the drinks before. That person's probably no longer with us. Probably mere hours after doing that. But I guarantee hand grenade that- in a hurricane. No, it's called a hand grenade, and it's and it's in like a like a funky. It's not a glass container, I gotta say, because it's made of plastic, but, like, the bottom of it is shaped like a hand grenade, but then there's just, like, a giant tube to make it really obnoxious and big, and you get a lot of alcohol that comes with it. So, yeah, that's Mother's Cafe, Po' Boy with the Brie, gotta get it. There's some great seafood restaurants that are... Like on the main streets in New Orleans, where you're kind of like going up and you're, you're you're sitting on the balcony overlooking the street and everything, and getting some great Cajun food. And so, uh, I, I don't know a specific restaurant for that. Last time I was there, we did that, and I just can't remember the the name of the restaurant. But there's a lot of them, so I would highly recommend that if you're going to a nice dinner. But you know, if you're just trying to live it up, anywhere on Bourbon Street will do. It, it's it's a wild time. I went there for New Year's one years, and it was uh, love New Orleans, great city. It is. It is a fantastic city. Uh, so yeah, shout out Matt. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great time in New Orleans. Daniel asked this question. This is an actual question, but it's getting off the rails here already early here on a fan, fan Friday. Rank these animals in order of most dangerous. Okay. Need you guys to follow me here because these aren't your average animals. First one is a fast giant duck with sharp teeth and claws. Okay. All right. Do you follow me here, Ben? You following along? Yes. Okay. Next is killer whales with arms and legs and can breathe on land. <laughs> and the last one is house cats that can hold and use weapons. So we're ranking these to most dangerous. Uh, who asked this question? Daniel asked this question. Daniel. I don't know if, if Daniel's a fan Friday rookie, but... He's got to know what my questions are already. Fast giant ducks with sharp teeth and claws. How fast? How giant? Kill whales with arms and legs. What kind of arms? What kind of legs? Yeah. That's house cats that can hold used weapons. What sort of weapons are we talking about here? This is Fan Friday, all right? I want horse-sized ducks and duck-sized horses. I need the exact scale. <laughs> I, these are legi- these are big-time thoughts. Okay, so let's— the Effort are, goes into these rankings. Okay, let's say, like— he says it, giant ducks with sharp teeth and claws. So, like, let's say the duck is not the strength of, but, like, let's say the size of, like, a gorilla. Okay? Right. So and it's then like, also the speed of a uh, gorilla? Um, I I wouldn't say the speed of a gorilla, but just it's it's a it's a physically enhanced duck. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I can agree with that. So we're, we're talking, like, Captain America post-serum duck. Okay, okay, copy, copy. I like and that. Then, Post ki- serum, Captain Duck. Killer whales, uh, arms and legs. I, I, I think of you know just like a, a pretty in shape, arms and legs. You know, like we're I not talking, right. we're not talking like steroids or like professional athlete level arms and legs, but like pretty. You know, like obviously, if you looked at this killer whale and you just looked at him, like if the killer whale was wearing a tank top 
you'd be like, all right, okay, like that killer whale like clearly works out, you know. So that's what I was right. thinking. Okay, and then uh, house cats can hold use weapons. Yeah. I'm just assuming like, you know, things they find around the house. Right. I was I was thinking that they could wield and use, say, like sharp steak, steak knives. knives. You know, yeah, exactly. That's so, where my mind was. Right. All right, okay. tremendous. Then, in order, least dangerous to most dangerous, uh, three killer whale. Two, a house cat with a weapon. One, fast giant duck with sharp teeth and claws. Uh, killer whale may be able to suddenly breathe and have arms and legs. However, I don't think it's going to have good on-land hunting instincts. This is, not, this is a very different environment. Uh, it's different, yeah, different terms. Also, yeah. The, the, the eyes are not, like, he's not like well-proportioned to move in on-land. He's not well-proportioned to tracking on-land. I think that I'm going to be able to bob, weave, and evade the killer whale. It runs it, the arms is on four legs wet arms i don't get this okay then house cats i'm very concerned about a house cat with a steak knife um but also i feel like it would more so just like lord over me and be like i could kill you at any time but then it wouldn't because it like wants food and fats i wish uh, i wish so bad that rob our graphics design dude at tdn listened to this podcast and like made us you know like podcast graphics because i, I would want him to clip your quote where she said where you just said I'm very concerned about a house cat with a steak knife. And like, there's just like, that's it. Like, that's the graphic. That, yeah. Like, that's the I mean, promo obviously. graphic for the show. Very frank. I'm very concerned about a house cat with a steak knife. Uh, number one by a mile is the duck. The duck's already used to being territorial. Mama ducks get aggressive. Now you're just giving it weapon speed and size. It's yeah. going to be able to translate that on yeah. the field, I feel like. Yeah, I know. That uh, That makes sense. I have I have killer whales at number three. I have ducks at number two and, and house cat at number one simply because like like a house cat could could like kill you in your sleep you know what i'm saying like you'd never get a moment of rest because you just like you don't know because like cats are I, I feel like a lot of cats are evil anyway so they're just looking for the opportunity to you know like shiv you you know like get you out of the picture where it's just solitude in the house and they can finally live the way they want to so i feel like cats have more of the element to get you Whereas, like, if there's a giant duck, I'm just kind of, I'm, 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 I'm gonna see it on the news, and I'm gonna be like, hot damn, I'm not going anywhere near that duck, you know? Like, so that's, I feel like the duck is more avoidable. Now, if we were being dropped in like a, you know, UFC octagon, this might be a little bit of a different situation. But that's where Daniel, of course, he's got to, you know, he's got to make the stipulation a little bit smarter here because if not, Ben and I, we've done too many Fan Fridays, we're masters at getting out of loopholes. So that's I think where I'm landed here on this uh on this one, two, three. Yes. Good. Also, give me specifics, baby. Jeff Risden, our good friend Jeff Risden, asked this question. He said, Have y'all ever eaten corn as a snack food? No. We're talking like no. corn pops. No, no, corn. Or just like, we're, like we're, it's just straight corn. Right. So I've eaten corn as a leftover. Okay. For yeah, sure. Fair, of course. And then, but like, no, I would never just like, ooh, hit my mic. I would never just like make corn on the cob. I'm like, <laughs> I, okay. So when I was in college, listen, listen. When I was in college, I did like just frozen bags of veggies all the time. But that was like for meals. That wasn't like a snack. My no final answer. What yeah, no corn is corn is always it, corn is always like just a side, right? I mean, like corn's not even a meal. As I'm very pro vegetable, but if you need a fork to eat the vegetable, it's not a snack. No, cucumber, like, carrots, 
celery sticks, snack, 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 snack. Once you have to introduce a utensil. Now, now like, look, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, are you hungry? And I'd be like, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always at a minimum of five out of 10. So, like, yeah, sure, I could eat. And they'd be like, oh, here, like, I have this street corn. Do you want it? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I guess. Like, if somebody came up and they're like, uh, do you want this, like, corn on the cob? And I'd be like, yeah, I, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll eat it. But I would never go out of my way to eat corn as a snack in any way, shape, and form. I cannot think of a scenario in which I would ever do that. Yeah, I, corn is not a snack. Final answer. All right, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, corn's not a snack. We're not with you. Oh, was he pro? I thought he was anti. Oh no, I thought I is he? Pro? I thought he was pro. Uh, Jeff said my wife and I debate the merits of corn as a casual snack. I had it all the time when I was a kid. Apparently, that's uncommon. That's uncommon. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. We we can't get with you, Jeff. Too much. Yeah, no, that we're we're not with it. Uh, Nolan Ryan. The Nolan Ryan. No, I don't know if it's the Nolan Ryan. I'm just going to assume it's the Nolan Ryan. Ask this next one. If you could pick one play-by-play commentator to commentate every game you watch, no matter the sport, for the rest of your life, who would it be? He says, for my mo- for my money, it would have to be Kenny Albert, which is great. I mean, Kenny's Kenny's fantastic. It's got to be. Uh, it's Kevin Harlan for me. I feel like that Kevin Harlan's Kevin got Harlan's a great, great voice. He's got a lot of range. Uh, he's, like, I always think there was one time where... Uh, somebody it just somehow got uh it was a basketball game he just got unintentionally clipped in the nuts it was just very unfortunate it's just what happened and and kevin harland like his, his voice with his naturals like bravado just went he took it where no man wants to take it and i was like this is <laughs> i've never heard this is he did anything like this guy's in pain and kevin harland's like this is a moment in history like oh, i love it <laughs> he's like an old-timey like announcer that's the vibe that Kevin Harlan kind of has. I like Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin Harlan's great. My answer is my answer is Doc Emmerich, but I'm a huge hockey fan, so I'm partial to Doc. Right, I can't I can't play Doc Emmerich. He is an absolute legend, and I'm sad that you're going to get into hockey at some point. And Doc recently retired, so you're you're not going to. <sighs> You're not gonna. You're not I'll gonna be able YouTube to YouTube Doc Emmerich best calls at 1:30 a.m. Time. It's gonna be All great. Right. Okay. Okay. That's you know what you'll you'll get the taste of it. You'll get the taste of Doc. It'll be fantastic. So like he's he's for sure my number one. I thought about Gus Johnson, but I think the answer's Doc. Uh, like the thing about Gus Johnson is that I'd be exhausted after a week. Gus is not good at letting the moment sit. All right. Gus is great for big moments, but I would be like. <laughs> You know, it'd be like right, right. I mean, thirty, and I'd be like lazy and not getting out of bed. And Gus Johnson would be in my hall closet screaming, be like, and he turns over again. I'd be like, Gus, please. No, 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 no. I don't think he's narrating your life. Oh, right. It's 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 just just for the rest of your life, like every sport, no matter what. So, I was thinking about it as my life. My answer is still Kevin Harlan. He's the man. No, it could still be Kevin Harlan, but like Gus Johnson, I think you're right. Like you know my. My Apple Watch, Big Flex, would just be telling me to breathe at all times if Gus Johnson was just doing every single game no matter what. Just be like, calm down, buddy. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. Gus, is, Gus is hyping me up. I don't know what to do. All right, for this next question, I don't know this person's name. They're in the premium Slack. Their username is one time at SI. It's an early Fan Friday question. Long time listener. First time in a while caller. Well, welcome back. 
My question is that for your Antarctica Invitational Draft in the AFC South, you chose to include Jack Doyle, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Darius Leonard, and Kenny Moore for the Colts. But you chose to exclude Julian Blackman. So my question to you both is, why that exclusion? And why do you hate Colts fans and their fan base so much? I got more (laughs) flack. From Colts fans saying, I don't know why you'd think we want Julian Blackman. We know how good Julian Blackman is. Then I got flack for not actually including Julian Blackman, <laughs> which is just a tremendous <laughs> I played myself moment on the podcast where there are definitely Colts fans who've been like, Julian Blackman's the man. None of them came out of the woodwork this time. <laughs> it was all just Colts fans who were like, uh, we understand our team. We know Julian Blackman's not that good. Why do you think we don't know our own team? And I was just like, all right, this is a no win situation. I mean, we're back, we're basically backed into a corner at this point with Colts fans because we just never know. We're just stepping on glass. We're we're not exactly yeah. Sure. I'm about to say Colts fans have me on the ropes right now. Yeah, I can't no, win yeah. either way. Just you, taking you, punches left and right. Right. You don't you don't know where it's coming from next. You're out here. You're out here defending players they don't even want you to defend. Meanwhile, apparently we're insulting Darius Leonard and his entire family line, which we're not. Darius Leonard's good. We've never not said this. I, I, I said it when he was a prospect. <laughs> oh, I well, I mean, okay. So he's coming from a small school and he was trying to he was he was making the jump from a small school to the pros. I'm sure there was plenty of reason for everybody to be skeptical, but he's been great. Darius Leonard's one of the best linebackers in the league. No doubt. Not top five. But I, I he's he I I would I would not select him within the top five. You know what I thought about today? Because somebody tweeted us about Darius Leonard and like being disrespected and everything. So it was a normal day. I've been, ca- I've been caping for Levante David for a long time, not just because like he's like a, a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer through and through, but also because he has long been extremely underrated. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, am I, am I starting the movement to hate on the next great underrated linebacker? What a full heel turn that would be for me if that was the it case. It would be. I've become the thing I swore to destroy. I know, and I hate it. I don't want to be that. Maybe I'll buy a Darius Leonard jersey this weekend. You guys never know. Maybe I got to keep you guys on the ropes. Nick asked this next question. Bit of a scrubs, so the show scrubs, bit of a scrubs NFL mashup here. Congratulations, you and Ben have just been named co-CCOs, which is Chief Custodial Officers at Sacred Heart Memorial Hospital. Love it. Your first action in office is to restore to the janitor's infamous rooftop epiphany toilet. Various NFL coaches, GMs, players are requesting to use this magical piece of porcelain in preparation for the 2021 season. Who do you grant access to, and what is their epiphany? Player, Carson Wentz. Epiphany, I'm allowed to throw checkdowns. Oh, okay. All right. GM, actually, Chris Ballard. This is just me trying to make it up to Colts fans, apparently. (laughs) I didn't plan this. You're trying too hard. GM, Chris Ballard. Epiphany, I'm allowed to spend money on free agents. It is okay. I won't get in trouble. It'll make my team better. Coach, I thought about it for a while. I wasn't really sure. Landed on Mike McCarthy. Epiphany. Nice. I do not have to hamstring my star quarterback to make the point that I'm valuable to this team. Oh, that was deep, Ben. Yeah. Which, again, this is a cow. I don't want the Cowboys to actually get this, but I feel like Mike McCarthy needs an epiphany. The other epiphany I was going to give Mike McCarthy is, it's okay, just retire. You're not very good at this, but that feels too rude. Uh, my player is very similar to yours. 
and it's Russell Wilson, you're allowed to check down the football. You're allowed to throw short passes. That's the epiphany. You don't have to keep the ball in your hands for 15 seconds. You don't have to do it. It's your brother. You can just... Middle of the field. Throw just he's right. They're right there. He's just right. You get just throw it. Uh the coach one. We saw this a little bit last year, but I still I don't think it was an epiphany level, so I'm making an epiphany. And we're sticking with the Seahawks. It's gonna be Pete Carroll. You can pass. You can still do it, right? Yeah. To set up the run. I know it's crazy. So that would be my one there. And then my uh my GM one would be uh Brian Gutenkuntz sending a mobile charcuterie board to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> mobile? The board itself moves? Yeah, it's it's a skateboard after you eat off of it. That could be that'd be live. I came up with that right now, right off if the top. If I of learned my head. anything from this question, it's that we would be amazing as like a dual act quarterbacks coach right like we're on the sideline quick three and out a quarterback missed uh check down right mm-hmm. and he comes over to the sideline you and i are just there right with our arms crossed and uh we just go hey you know you could have uh you could uh if you know you just uh if you could just you could just throw it and then yeah it would have he, he would have caught it and then yeah we've been a first out so maybe next time if you just if you just throw it then yeah we'll be good but we'd be really we'd be- animated about it like we'd use hands right. a lot you know like right i just I think our general quarterbacks coaching vibe would have great enthusiasm and entertainment and very poor on-field product, listen, but we would have a great time. Listen, if anybody out there, if any quarterbacks are listening, which we know you all are listening, if you want to hire us as kind of like sideline consultants for you, even, like you know, separate from the team, like we don't even have to work for the team. You could just have us there on the sideline and give us sideline passes and we'll help you out. We're available for hire. Consulting you know, fee is uh is is up for negotiation. Please reach out to our people. It's an your e- people's our people. It's an even split. I get fifty one percent. Ben gets forty nine. Even split. My podcast. Yeah. I thought you were going to push back on that one a little bit more, but that's all I got. It's fine with it. I guess I've just thrown it into your brain so much. Josh asked this next question. Rank the aesthetics of MCU character costumes and or compare NFL players to positional aesthetics. Okay, so we just we just ranked the. At least mm-hmm. I did. I just ranked the aesthetics of some MCU characters. Yeah, so I did 12 heroes. Okay, I, I didn't did even ten, think I about did, doing villains. I did 10. Yeah, I just kind of like mind emptied the most prominent ones, in my opinion, and then I ranked them. So, from bottom to worst, I've bought from, from worst to best. From <laughs> bottom to worst. From bottom to worst. Nothing the, is good. It's all the bad. The story of my life. <laughs> from bottom to worst. An autobiography. By New York Benjamin Times Sola. bestseller. Number twelve, Black Widow. I'm just, just, I'm just gonna wear. That's it. Twelve black okay. leather. Okay. There's, right. there's nothing. She's no logo. Nothing. Okay. Sometimes she wears a dress. All right. Uh, Eleven Hawkeye. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah, just, I, I don't even. Have, I don't have Hawkeye on here. More so. purple. He was one of the OG six. I figured it'd be in there. Okay, he'd be last. Uh, Ten Vision. Vision looks weird. I get that he's supposed to look weird. But he looks weird, and I don't like it. And also, he should choose whether or not he's a cape guy or not a cape guy. And if you're going to wear Good a little sweater vest, freaking make your face look like Paul Bettany. I, vision freaks me out. Nine, Captain Marvel. I uh, feel like it's just very average, very standard. It's like colors, and there's a star, and that's cool. Eight, Doctor Strange. Generally okay. like Doctor Strange's aesthetic. Okay. Uh, it's just like his whole suit is a cape, and so it's not really like a whole thing. 
Uh, seven, Scarlet Witch. Good aesthetic. Good colors. Not they change like- they change her costume a lot. So like right. So I, I, like, I didn't know I, how to put her in this list. I, I, I figured you were going to, but I didn't. I don't have her in mind simply because I don't know what where her I have her right is. now is what she was for the brunt of the movies of the MCU, right? Which is just like I'm wearing a scarlet overcoat. Bang. Okay. Uh, the actual look we got of her, like in full OG Scarlet Witch costume at the end of WandaVision, would bump her up. Yeah, great. I agree with you. Okay, I uh, agree with you. Eyes look awesome. Little crackling energy, freaking sick. Uh, but then I just kind of did like what she was in the movies. Six, cat. It's America's ass. Five, <laughs> Thor. Uh, Thor obviously looks great. It's very, very classic, very traditional look. They don't really change it too much, which kind of is what it is, and it's solid. Uh, four, Star Lord. Great look on Star Lord. Mask looks awesome. Coat looks great. Uh, if you expand it to like his ship and like his general griminess, that's cool. Uh, three Spider-Man, the most classic of the classic looks also gets the iron spider buff. Cause that happened during the movies and that looked really good. Uh, even like in his movie where he's using his suit and then he's using Tony's suit. Like that whole thing is awesome. Uh, two is Iron Man. Obviously Iron Man is the most range out of everybody. The look is a classic. They do 10,000 different looks. All of them are really good. Uh, the full Chrome one he does for the party in Iron Man two is a tremendous, tremendous costume. And then number one by a mile is Black Panther. Black Panther looks so freaking sick. Mm. Looks, even when he's not in the suit, he looks great. And then when he's in the suit, the suit looks amazing. Uh, so Black Panther was my easy runaway number one. Okay, so my number 10 is Vision because I like Vision's costume. Like, I like his aesthetic. But, yeah, it's it. are we doing cape? Are we not doing cape? That was actually the big thing for me. It's like, you got to pick. You got to pick hey, and choose what you want here. Be, but let's, but no I do capes or capes. But I do think it's strong. And the reason why this guy is number nine, Doctor Strange. I have Doctor Strange number nine. Love the cape. It's great. Stuck with the cape. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I think it brings the whole look together. The cape is magic. It has a life of its own. I actually love the cape. Number eight for me is Black Widow because even though, like you said, like there's not a ton that goes with it. Scarlett Johansson rocks it very well. I, I just think that it's like a badass uniform. Seven is Star Lord because. Like to a T, I feel like his outfit fits his personality. Right. I wasn't, just, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about the mask, which is which is actually cool when, when he's able to put the mask on. But like Star Lord's whole character is just to a T exactly what you think he would be. I thought it was like Chris Pratt was a fantastic cast. The facial hair, like details, are fantastic. The hair, the outfit, the everything. I just think that they they totally nailed this whole character. So I'm always a big fan of that aesthetic. Six is Spider-Man to me. I like it, but it's just kind of plain. Five, five is Iron Man, and I have Iron Man at five because I, I, I think that Iron Man has a fantastic aesthetic, but it's relatively the same. Like, it's just kind of, like, the same at all times. It's badass. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's why it's in my top five, but it's just the same. Four, Valkyrie, because we're getting the horse in there. What's up? The the flying mm-hmm. Pegasus mm-hmm. horse, okay? Mm-hmm. I respect, I respect. Absolutely love it. Three for me is Black Panther. Like you said, it's it's super, like, Black Panther's character is super badass. You love the suit. Everything that Shuri is able to do Black with the Panther. suit is fantastic. I have Thor above Black Panther because his outfit does generally stay the same through most of the movies, but I, again, think the outfit goes perfectly with the character. And then when you get to... 
the outfit that he has when he gets Stormbreaker, like that's a totally different like upgraded outfit for him. And the same thing can be said in Endgame when he calls Stormbreaker and Meow Meow, Millionaire, Millionaire, <laughs> whatever. And so he, like he's got I, both, and this, the lightning this, comes I, down. I, and it, I I call foul. You're picking the guy who looks the most like you and putting him very high. I suspect something. Yeah, I'm a good looking dude. What do you want? What I like? I don't I don't know what you I want. Put, I should have put Spider Man higher. Oh, I had him at three. I should have put him at one. <laughs> yeah, you coward. <laughs> Number one for me. Can I guess? Yep. Thanos. No, although Thanos is a great great aesthetic. That is a great aesthetic. Thanos' aesthetic for who he is is fantastic. But no, it's not. It is exactly who you think it is. Cap? Nope. Who who I think it is? It's from the Cap movies. Bucky? Yup. Easily. Oh. Easily, dude. Yeah, I can get that. Winter Soldier's aesthetic? Badass. Badass. Especially when he's got a face mask. Yup. And it's just the eye black and the arm. Yeah, buddy. Especially when he's COVID conscious years before he needed to be. Okay. (laughs) It's definitely (laughs) evil Winter Soldier, though. Good Winter Soldier with just like new arm and like long hair and beard and no mask. Eh. Nah. Masked up Winter Soldier was mean. No, the Winter Soldier from the movie when the Winter Soldier is the peak aesthetic. Yes. It's like it's like Green Ranger for those who watched Power Rangers growing up. When Green Ranger was evil, he was just everybody's favorite. It was like, oh yeah, like hell yeah, Green Ranger's absolutely my favorite. It's the same. It, like it's it. that same. It's that same parallel there. Okay, we got a lot more questions that we're going to get to, but before we get to those, got to remind people about Bet Online, the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. NHL's got the playoffs. NBA's got the playoffs. There's all kinds of UFC MMA action every single week. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to really get into the game. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's LOCKED ON, all caps, LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We got more Fan Fridays questions coming up for you. After the break. All right. Back for more Fan Friday Madness. Win Dynasty said you're starting an NFL franchise from scratch. You've got to rank the following in terms of importance to get your team, your team's following up fast. Stadium amenities, concession quality prices, logo slash team colors, team mascot slash team name and then the size of the market or existence of other pro teams that are in that market all right so from least important to most important uh actual answer five logo and colors oh bad take four team name and mascot oh bad take three concessions quality prices okay two size of market existence of other pro teams one stadium amenities that's actual answer better answer uh-huh. is five size of market four stadium amenities three concession quality prices two team name mascot one logo colors so but, i have yeah go i i didn't mean to cut you off no i was just gonna say first answer is like if i were really doing it second answer is what i actually care about for fun <laughs> i guess yeah so this is i, I kind of did it of of an actual answer five to me is uh concessions it, but i actually wrote in my notes pad and i just see this here confessions so uh, i guess i guess our th- team is honest right <laughs> nobody cares about lying 
<laughs> so I have concessions at number five. Number four, I've got the team name slash the mascot. Number three, for sure, because it has to do with branding, logo, and colors. Two is the stadium because state-of-the-art stadiums obviously get a lot of pub. And then number one to me is market size because if you have the bigger market size and if you put a lot of resources into the stadium, you're hosting Super Bowls, you've got a lot of attention, people are going to talk about you, the logo and the colors are cool. Yeah, your hot dogs are $17 without the bun, but like it's fine. Who cares? People are talking about your team. You're not going to the game anyways. We're all watching it while we're sitting at home tweeting about it. Don't matter. I haven't had a hot dog in forever. Oh, wow. You need to go to Costco and get yourself a hot dog. These are my two options. Go to a sporting event or go to Costco. There's no other circumstance in which eating a hot dog is acceptable. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Sam asked this one. Create the ideal player on both offense and defense by combining three traits slash skills from the best players in the NFL. You could choose any trait, mental or physical, as long as it's from a player with the same side of the ball. So you can't put Tyree Kill as a speed for a linebacker. Okay, so... I probably, I probably cheated with this one. Oh, please. Let me uh, just throw on my judge wig. Let's hear it. Do you have a judge wig? No, but I'm getting one for Big <laughs> I should buy you an actual judge wig. That'd be great. Okay, offensive player. You ready for it? Yeah. We're creating a running back. Okay. Okay. The body of Makai Becton. The balance of Alvin Kamara. The speed of Tyreek Hill. These are the three things I'm going with. Why is that cheating? I don't know. I I didn't know if you were going to say, like, actually, it's more going to be cheating on the defensive side of the ball. So we have have yet to get that. But that's my uh, ideal offensive player. All right. So, oh, what's defense? I'll get to that after you say your offensive player. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I made a, I made a quarterback, but obviously I'm allowed to, to, to bring in other things. So, uh, I brought in the body of DK Metcalf, uh, football, I football IQ of Tom Brady. Okay. And then, uh, hang on, wait, let me read the question. Ideal player. I, okay. Yes. Good. I'm fine. Uh, and then I chose the accuracy of Drew Brees who technically is retired, but was a player last year. So it's fine. But so I just have Metcalf. With unbelievable discernment <laughs> and accuracy. What if Metcalf then, can't throw? What like what if his throwing no, motion is awful? He's, he has Drew Brees accuracy. No, yeah, but like what if his mechanics suck? That that ball's gonna go exactly where he wants it to because of Drew Brees. We're talking late stage Drew Brees or early Drew Brees? Drew like, Brees accuracy, which Brees when he had a big arm was super accurate, when he has a small arm was super accurate. Okay. And he's gonna have Brady decision making okay. and then at any time he can just become DK in the pocket. Just start okay. to run. All right. All right. No, that's fair. Basically Adonis level quarterback. Yes. All right. So yes. defensive player. I have Aaron Donald. And that's it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I did think about that. Um, okay, I have the size of Vita Vea. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm doing a defensive tackle here. The size of Vita Vea. The athleticism of Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then the mental processing slash pass rush ability of Aaron Donald. So you're just making a super edge? Or an no, or like an interior player. Was it Donald's body? No, it was Vita Vea's body. Vita Vea's body. Oh, then yeah, interior player. Okay, okay, okay. Right. I have Donald. 
I've Donald for like his explosiveness. I'm, I made I made a corner. I've Donald's explosiveness, and I've Teron Matthews' instincts. Okay. So football IQ. Okay. In Jalen Ramsey's body. That's smart. With Jalen Ramsey's competitiveness. Okay. So I get Ramsey vibes, but I get Aaron Donald's ability to to, to turn momentum into force. So I get that level of explosiveness. Then I get Matthews. Uh, like vision and like playmaking ability. So then I get full Ramsey in press. I get what Jalen Ramsey currently is in press. But then I can put him into off cover and I can have him move with Donald shorter explosiveness with Tara Matthews vision. It's the greatest player alive. So we've got an edge corner here. Yeah, pretty much. But also he's got the vision of a five foot eight safety. <laughs> oh, I love Tron Matthews so much. Chuck Diesel asked this next question. Yo, dude, speaking of speaking of day ones for this podcast, Chuck Diesel's been listening to Lockdown NFL Draft for a long time. I feel like he's been getting in on Fan Fridays for a long, long time. He said, why is the college football playoff going to 12 teams? Is there no other solution that gives Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State a bigger advantage than a first-round buy? What do you think about 12 teams? Just right off the bat, I, I think that we'll probably devote plenty of other podcasts to this and maybe the stipulations of what the automatic bids are going to be and how they're going to form it like that might change your mind a little bit but what do you automatically think of when you when you feel 12 teams it's, it's, it's probably too many but i get why they did it because so what i saw is that the sec was like you can't do eight because if you do eight and it's conference you know it's the six conference champions and two at-large bids mm-hmm there's not going to be enough spots for all the sec teams, which is actually a kind of reasonably fair, which is absurd. Right. right. Uh, and so SC was the guy do 12s and get more at large bids. It's probably too many. Uh, you know, you, you, you're like, all right, cool. Like there are all these other teams that like want to get in. That's great. But like, I, I always liked it as like Cincinnati is ranked number nine. Can they get ranked number eight to make the playoffs? Whereas like when they're ranked, Nine, it's like, all right, they're in. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the teams that are usually at, like, 12 or 13 or 14, I'm not really interested in those teams fighting for a playoff spot. You know what I mean? I think they're going to run into the five scene and get absolutely waxed. So I think this, the just because of the nature of, of how college football teams usually get tiered and stratified, kind of where the drop-off is, I think 12 is too many. I understand why they did 12 from a, a money perspective and a branding perspective, more opportunities, all the conferences feel like they have a shot, so on and so forth. So I get it. It does feel like too many. At the end of the day, like I think that five twelve seed matchup, that six eleven seed matchup, I'm gonna look at it and be like, I'm interested in this, but this feels like a like a cool November game. Doesn't really feel like a postseason December game. You know what I mean? No, I. They're doing it for more money, right? I mean, like that's 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 why they're doing it. They are expanding the college football playoffs so more teams get in it, so they can make more pageantry out of it, so they can celebrate higher, more bowl games within the college football playoff structure, and that in turn is just going to be able to tie into TV rights and and promotions and everything, and it makes literally everyone more money. It just makes them more money the more teams they get in the college football playoff that they get to call royalty, that schools get to brag about. Oh, we made the college football playoff. Oh, you were the 11 seed and you got absolutely waxed by Clemson. Yeah, but we made it you know like all of that stuff goes into it and but I think that the worst part about expanding it as far as they are is is making these teams play more games and I don't know how this is going to affect the regular season but like I don't want Alabama playing Iowa State like I so if if there's 
I just don't, there's there's no reason to play more of these games for the top teams just for their guys to late in the season get injured. And I guess Alabama wouldn't be doing that because in a 12 team format, the top four get a bye. But you know that's. I mean, I th- I think that if you're giving the top four teams the bye, you're giving them a massive advantage anyways. And I don't know, man. I'm not like like last year. I brought up Iowa State. Iowa State was ranked 10th. Iowa State stunk, man. Iowa State would have been playing Oklahoma at six just for the the <laughs> Iowa State stunk, stunk, man. Like like I don't I don't need to see these teams in the college football playoff. Iowa State lost three games and they're sitting here at number ten overall in the country and you're 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 gonna talk about them as a college football playoff team. Now like Coastal Carolina, they were eleven and zero, so then they they might get in as one of those eleven or twelves, and so like mm-hmm. those are the teams that make you say like yeah, this is a good idea, this is fun, but. We're creating more games than we need to for these top teams to play. Football is a violent game. These kids have to practice longer. They've they've got to get ready for more opponents. There's potential injury when games actually happen. And I I know what they're doing. I just right off the bat, I I, I don't love it. I think it's silly. And I think that it's gonna be counterproductive to the student athlete. That's what I think right off the bat. I I think the, my biggest outstanding question is right player health and the the duration of the season. Also, the the first round by question, right? Uh, you know, uh, it, it gives Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State a bigger advantage. It, it does, but also you do have to find a way to incentivize the top seeds to be the top seeds. You know what I mean? Uh, in order to retain interest in the regular season, right? Like if Georgia losing to Alabama in the SEC championship has absolutely no stakes. Right, because there's not really going to be like home games after the first round of the playoffs. Right, there's no first round bye. There's no stakes to that game. Just rest your starters. You know, like, there's no. I mean, it's the SEC championship game, but like, let's say it's a regular season game, whatever. There's no. There's nothing here. There's no value to it. Uh, and so you have to have something like that. And the first round bye is obviously what's what's commonly used. So right. that worries me, but not too much. Um, I don't. I don't know if you can do eight. Like I don't know if you can do six and just give the top two the bye. I I I I, you know what? Actually, now that I say that out loud, I like six more than I like twelve. You know? Yeah. Twelve. Twelve is just too many six teams. Was nice. I 12, thought six to eight was workable. You, I, I, I think that six still allows for you to have flexibility by getting some extra teams in there, creating an extra college football playoff game, getting the top two seeds in the country a bye, which then puts a lot of incentive on, like you just said, winning your conference championship, winning mid by a lot, keeping your foot on the gas pedal the whole season. All of that stays into effect when you have a six-game college football playoff. You get two more teams into it, but then if you go to eight, then all of a sudden if you go to eight, like you just said, all of the conferences are going to be say like, oh, okay, well, we have eight in, so the top six conferences better get automatic bids. And now you're going to fight for automatic bids, and then you're not getting a lot of probably the teams that you want to get in the college football playoff in there. And so it's, I just think it becomes a mess. I think that six is a perfect number, but I really don't like eight, and I don't like 12. And I'm just I'm 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 worried about those, and so that, that those are my initial thoughts on that. Ben and I will probably talk a lot about this over the summer. Listen, when we get to December, and I'm getting super stoked over the six versus eleven matchup because it just is exciting to me. Then I won't. I'm like twelve games is great, but right, right now right. I think that yeah, there's problems with it. But I mean, they've got till 2023 at the earliest mm-hmm. to like iron out some stuff, which is good for them. And I think they they even have talked about deploying it even later. So. I think there's still, you know, this is like, this is going to get recommended. There's still a lot more 
T's to cross and I's to dot and so on and so forth. Wash asked this next one. He said, now that Loki is out, has Ben seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Does he have thoughts or opinions? We watched the first episode and then we got super busy and we okay. haven't. All right, so uh, that's pending. You guys want me to have so much. Like, you're like, Ben, write articles, do podcasts, also watch all these TV shows. I got, I got to eat, guys. No, you don't. That wasn't it. That wasn't, that wasn't part of it. Logan said, I need you guys to help settle an argument. Who is the better overall QB? Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> the age-old question. And who has the better season upcoming? Tannehill and Tannehill. Tannehill's been really good the last two couple of years. I would have mm-hmm. told you pre-Tennessee that his ideal outcome was a Kirk Cousins outcome. When he right. signed his contract right. last year, I basically said it would be signing the Kirk Cousins contract. But he's been flat better than Kirk over the last two years. Right. Uh, on film, and I think on numbers as well. The numbers are always weirdly into Kirk. Um, well, I mean, he was... Uh, yeah. Ryan Tannehill's um, EPA per play last year was second only to Aaron Rodgers. And I think Kirk's was also top 10. I think he was seventh, but yeah. Ryan Tannehill's was a lot only- higher freaking time those teams throw the footballs third down um but anyway i think that Tannehill is a stronger armed a bit more physical a bit more imposing in the pocket yeah comparison uh, uh kirk right is a, a bit more in that way uh I, I am worried about the loss of downing but kirk's on his fifth offensive coordinator in five years whatever the heck it is uh you know so they're, they're, they're gonna run the same basic ideas and i think tennessee's gonna run the same basic ideas so i still edge Tannehill, but I wouldn't be too surprised. I, I feel strongly that Tannehill's better than Kirk. I feel less strongly that Tannehill's going to have the better season. Yeah, I I agree with you on both fronts, and I think that Kirk Cousins is a good QB. I really I really do. I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here hating on Kirk Cousins, but I do think that Tannehill presents the better athletic profile. I think in both cases, and Arthur Smith not being there for Tannehill, I think is is worrisome. So the answer to who has the better season is a lot more volatile and, and honestly has question marks that we can't answer here. If you say Tannehill and you're right, okay, great. If you say Tannehill and you're wrong, you have excuses built in. So I, I'm, I'm not so worried about that one, but in terms of like overall, I'd probably still pick Ryan Tannehill. Javal asked this one. This is more, more so for Ben because I know he's always been a fan. Thoughts and or predictions on LaVisca Chenault, what he does next year in a brand new offense. So, so far he's been killing it in OTAs. And with him likely to get more downfield targets with a better QB, I think that he'll do really well. I am extremely excited uh, for LaVisca Chenault in year two, especially in the Urban Meyer offense. The Urban Meyer offense uh, is predicated on speed at all positions. LaVisca ran like a 4-5 something in the 40-yard dash. He pulled his hammy during the 40-yard the dash at at um the combine in Indianapolis. He's a 4-4 player, and he's a 4-4 player at over 200 pounds. Uh, he has unbelievable ball and hand ability, which you saw at Colorado. It's very similar. It's it's a skill set that we, we've seen Urban Meyer use in creative ways. Think about how Percy Harvin was used. See how Curtis Samuel was used at Florida and at Ohio State, respectively. He is familiar with players who, when the ball gets in their hands behind the line of scrimmage, they are immediately impactful in that way, which is LaVisca to a T. Uh, I don't know how much training camp stuff hype you've been following. People are going nuts over what LaVisca looks like in year two, saying looking great, making plays, catching right. the ball down the field. LaVisca's always been an underrated route runner. It's just at Colorado, they only asked him to run like five routes because they didn't have a quarterback who could throw. And the best way to use him was just give him the ball. He's always been a very natural mover, free mover. You saw some of those good routes last year. Uh, it is a crowded room, and LaVisca suffers for injury. And so my big concern with LaVisca has nothing to do with on-field play or deployment. I think that week one is going to be a very clear part of the game plan, going to get touches, uh, ball in hand, and down the field. 
I'm worried that he's going to miss three games after week five and they're going to start to build the offense around other guys. He's going to have trouble integrating back in because uh, that's kind of new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. If you miss time, offense is going to pass you by because right. uh, they're all trying to figure it out and establish chemistry and whatnot. So he has to stay healthy early. And if he does, he can be a high volume player, highly efficient player for them. Billbar.com's got the best tasting protein bars out there, folks. And better than the best tasting news, it, they're also fantastic for your diet. They're low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. They've got nine delicious flavors, and they have a lot of specialty flavors that always come up, which you can check out over at BuiltBar.com. They're great morning, noon, and night, before or after workouts. They're great things to just carry around, pop in any time of day, and they're great to, to, to snack on, probably better than corn. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Risen, but uh, I'm probably picking a Built Bar protein bar over a, a snack of corn. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. That's LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use that promo code LOCK15. It's 15% off the best tasting protein bars on the planet, BuiltBar.com. Last few questions for this episode of Fan Friday coming up after the break. All right, a little bit of rapid fire here. And by that, we mean probably won't go any faster than we have the entire show. Hey, hey, All you have to do is say rapid fire, and it's real. Okay. Joe asked this one. Joe at work. He said, inspired by Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs on discussion on whether Orlando Brown uh, is the most, is the best unathletic player in the NFL. Who are other best unathletic players in the NFL? Avante Maddox is the first one who comes to mind. There's, Maddox dude, is actually no, quick. yeah, he's a corner. No, we can't do that. But he's the thing is like for him to be even tenable in the league with 29 inch arms is stunning. You got to get past the arms, dude. It's he, really, dude, his his 60 yard shuttle, 20 yard shuttle, three cone drill were all above the 85th percentile. You got to get off the Avante Maddox thing. Tiny. All right, who do you have? Uh, so I was, this is a curious question for a little help on this one. I went to Madden's ratings and I looked at all players in the NFL and I sorted by the slowest. I went to speed and sorted backwards and you know, who's number one, Orlando Brown. You better believe he is. And I got to look up his mock draftable once again. And mother of God, is it legendary? Okay. He was just out there having a good time. He is day, he is six foot eight, three hundred and forty-five pounds. Both of those numbers, wingspan of eighty-five inches, which all, all of those numbers are above the 90th percentile for his position. And he, he plays the big position. This is offensive tackles here. 90th percentile for all of these. Okay. 40 yard dash, five six eight. As in the first percentile. One literal uno. 20-yard split is a 3-2-9, which is in the 0th percentile. Zero. There's not a single number slower. 10-yard split, 188, 11th percentile. Vertical jump, 25 inches, 20th percentile. Broad jump, 89 inches, 2nd percentile. Three-cone drill, 787, 39th percentile. Okay, all right. Let's we're go, all right, we're Let's cooking. 20-yard shuttle, 538. 20-yard shuttle, 5-3-8. You just repeat? 20-yard shuttle, 5-3-8. 0th percentile. Not a single number slower in the NFL. Bench. All these names I'm coming up with are out of the league. Bench press reps, 18 reps is in the 9th percentile. He had 18 reps of 225, weighing 245 pounds. I know what the wingspan was, people. He's an offensive lineman. He had 18 reps. It's one of the worst combine performances I've ever seen in my life. And the guy's an incredible offensive tackle. Well done, Orlando Brown. 
the name that I came up with is Mitchell Schwartz. And I looked up Mitchell Schwartz combine, and it is not nearly as bad as Orlando Brown's, but broad jump, 89 inches, third percentile. Vertical jump, 26 inches, 28th percentile. 40-yard dash, 5.45, 15th percentile. 20-yard shuttle was the 25th percentile. Three-cone drill was 45th. But, like, like Mitchell Schwartz is just absolutely not athletic at all whatsoever, and he was one of the best right tackles in the league for years. So I think that's probably, the answer. The answer is probably a currently washed tight end, like Zacherts. I was thinking I, Jason Witten's out of the league, right? That's guaranteed. I never know at this point. Yeah. So, like, like him. Is Jason Witten still in the league? Like, is Greg Olson still trying to stick somewhere? No, I don't I don't think that Jason Witten's in the league. Yeah, so it's yeah, probably, for, like, former that. Former Titan. Yeah. Uh, like, I was thinking about, like, Chris Jason Borland. Jason Jason Witten really ruined a cover-to-cover career with the Dallas Cowboys from 2003 to 2017, also played in 2019, by going to the Las Vegas Raiders for one single year Listen. to play in seven games and catch 13 passes. Listen. He could have been known as a Dallas Cowboy through and through, never put on another jersey. But who would want that for them? But he wanted to catch 13 more passes. I want to say one of the small... Unbelievable. I want to say one of the one of the better slot receivers in the league is like a terrible athlete. I can't remember who it is. It's not Cole Beasley. It's not Tyler Boyd. Boyd is a pretty good athlete if memory serves. Nah, Boyd. Okay, here. Okay, Tyler Boyd. The only athletic tests in which he's above fortieth percentile is height, Ugh. arm length, hand size, and three cone drill. Oh, this is 10 ugly. Yard, 36, 10 yard, 23, 40, 30 second vertical jump, 38 broad jump, 20, uh, 20 percentile, two, 20 yard shuttle, 20 percentile bench press. Okay. This is a good Tyler one. Tyler Boyd is a good one. That's a good one. No, that's a good one. Okay. We're moving Ooh, on to that. One of his, one of his comps is Rashard Higgins. Oh boy. Rashard Higgins testing is bad. Uh, listener named Trey asked this one. So not me. I know how much Trevor loves Dragon Ball Z, but have either of you watched Naruto? It's on par, if not arguably better than DBZ, my personal favorite anime. I've never watched Naruto. Are you? Were you a Naruto no. guy? I thought it was Naruto, so that's where I'm at right now. What did I say? Naruto. You said like Naruto. No, I, I get. I didn't really mean to say it like that. I guess. All right. I've never Naruto. seen Naruto. Nar- Naruto. Not. N- it's it, the accent's not, on the first syllable. At Naru- least in my head, it is. Naru- Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. 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 No, I've never seen that show. So a lot of people love it, though. A lot of people, it's their favorite show, but I've never seen it. Are the Raiders worse now? Yep. Than before. <laughs> Are the Raiders worse now <laughs> than before Gruden and Mayock took over? Oh, man. Yeah. No, they're not. Are we sure? No, they're not. In terms of, in terms of, in terms of long-term health. No, Listen. they're not. Okay. So before Gruden and Mayock, it was Del Rio, and they went under Del Rio, three years under Del Rio, seven and nine, 12 and four, six and 10. Yeah, but before that, then they had Dennis Allen, who was going four and 12, four and 12, three and 13. Oh, 
Oh, oh, so if we're talking about the guys before the guys before Mayock and Gruden. Sure. I'm talking about right before Mayock and Gruden. Three years of Del Rio, they won 25 games. Three years of Gruden, they've won 19 games. Under Del Rio, they made it to the playoffs. Under Gruden, they haven't. That's yeah, true. Yeah, Chief. No, we're talking about the Raiders, not the Chiefs. The Raiders' defense, by the way, uh, on the Mina Kimes show uh, with uh, Bill Barnwell, they were talking about uh, Derek Carr and kind of his legacy and whatever. Mm -hmm. The Raiders' defense by DVOA in Derek Carr's seasons as a starter, which Carr has been the starting passer for since like 2014. Mm -hmm. I think over the last five years, the Raiders DVOA has like never been above like 24 or something like that. Defensive DVOA. Like he's never even had just like a decently below average defense. <laughs> it's always been like bottom quartile. Good. It's absurd. Good. No. Earn, earn your money. Bad. We're playing you. We're paying you all this money. You should be able to play quarterback and Dude. make the defense good. The point in three years under Gruden, the defense has never given up fewer than 400 points. Holy Moses. Good. Yeah. Earn your wins. <laughs> um, Gage uh, said this one. No, this is an ask. This is an ask. He got a question at the end. He said, this one's really just for Ben as a married man. Wow. Hello. Did you consult Alyssa before you asked this question, Gage? Do you mean to just throw that, throw that part in there? He said, I'm getting married this Sunday. What is your best advice for the day of? Oh, wow. Ah, uh, geez. There are two things that I did that I needed to do to get through the day, which the first thing was I got to the, I, I had my wedding at the church. Uh, I got there about two hours before kickoff because uh, I had to get, I had to be in that spot and I had to be alone and I had to, to mentally walk through everything that was going to happen. There's a lot of choreography to it, to an Orthodox Christian wedding. Uh, and so I had to mentally walk through all that, prepare myself for that and have the internal conversations and the God conversations necessary to feel ready to do it. So I would say one, you got to find some alone time. That was what I needed. Uh, the second thing was uh, my biggest regret off of my wedding day is that I, I looked at my wife Meredith long enough to confirm it was her and then I didn't look at her again for the rest of the ceremony. And Trev can attest to this. I I, I cry at every wedding I attend. <laughs> I especially cry at my own wedding. Uh, so I spent the entire my entire wedding, which was about an hour long, standing in the center of the church, silently crying, trying not to sob. I just didn't want to make dying puppy sounds because uh, I don't cry beautifully. I cry very ugly. Uh, and I knew if I looked at her, it would not be good. I wish instead of like being concerned about embarrassing Mayor and embarrassing my dad and kind of, you know, all of that, I had taken one second and then just kind of like drank it in and kind of, you know, like Jim and Pam kind of taking that, that, that frozen picture, uh, that mental picture. So now all, all my memories of Mayor are like uh, at the reception, everything was all very good. And of course, but I wish I had, I, I had that, that moment of like, Oh, she came in. She's beautiful. I really, I took one quick peek and I was like, all right, I'm going to cry. And so I just shut it down. So I would say, right, find some alone time, find some space. That was an important thing. Grab, grab your mental photos. Really do it and hold on to them because those are great memories to have. You don't want to be like me and, and make them up in your head because you couldn't, you couldn't get them on the day of. MC asked this one, just to inspire a good Trey and Ben pod fight, what are you guys' top five foods that, while popular, you have total distaste for that you don't care for? Oh, Wow. 
I don't have. I, I I apologize. I did not see this one. I don't have enough for five. I'm very much a, a non-picky. I'm very much a picky eater. I am too. I'm not picky eater. I've. Yeah. I, I okay. Have th- what are yours? Okay, I have three that kind of came to my mind quickly because, like like Ben said, I, I agree with him. I'm I'm not super picky about a lot of things. So I went beyond food. Like I I put candies in here as well. Three for me. Any hot cinnamon candy, like hot cinnamon gum or hot cinnamon candy, like, why? What are you doing? We're not, like, the point of candy is to enjoy it. What do you, like, burn in your mouth Yeah, for? that's weird. That, stop it. Stop what you're doing. Get help. Okay, two for me, <laughs> similarly, on the candy spectrum, black licorice and Mike and Ike's. Awful. Terrible. Oh yeah. No, Get these out. Are, these are yeah. I don't even know people like these. Find the nearest Jeff Bezos spaceship, buy a one-way ticket, never return. Okay, that was a little harsh. Number one for me. Watermelon. Watermelon. Good cantaloupe, one. That's a good one. Melon, you know I'm with you on that one. Suck. They're terrible. Yeah. It's like well, hey, eating. You want to eat water instead of drinking it? Flavored cardboard no thanks i'll pass i'll go ahead and eat fruitful fruits instead i know ben probably won't but you know what i'll do it so those are my three that uh, a lot of people like okay i hate it so while you were talking i was i was thinking and i was googling some overrated foods lists. i have a couple answers uh watermelon definitely is on there for sure bagels are overrated oh specifically whoa. Specifically, bagels are overrated by my wife, what? who's like, oh, breakfast? Let's go get a bagel with cream cheese. Man, like, Alyssa and Meredith are the same. That's concerning. Listen, a bagel is bread in a different shape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, but not it's, this, yeah, but it's dense bread. It's white bread in a different shape is dense, what it is. Though. And so if we're talking about, I got egg and cheese, bacon, avocado, a little sausage, yes, Mare's like, yo, you know, it'd be amazing at everything bagel with cream cheese. It's just seasoning. It's just seasoned bread. That's dumb. The Alyssa, Alyssa and Meredith, same person. Smoothies are overrated. Oh, you get out of town. No. Get so here's, far out of town. Find here's, here's, the city limit and place yourself immediately outside of it. Here's why smoothies are overrated. Get a little strawberry, get a little banana, get a little ice, blend that puppy up, a little bit of milk, make a little creamy. Delicious. Everybody who's like, you can just put spinach in a smoothie, and it doesn't even change the taste. That's not true. Okay, th- I'm with Everybody you Everybody who's like, listen, instead of eating breakfast, just take frozen blueberries and shove them into a blender and blend them all up and drink it, and you'll feel great. No, you won't. You'll feel hungry. All right? I like chewing things. <laughs> <laughs> no. So smoothies as, like, a, like, fun tropical treat, hot day treat, good. Smoothies as, like, actual nourishment, dumb, and you're wrong. Uh, I saw most- my 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 cousin posted an Instagram story the other day, and it was a pre-blended smoothie, and it had strawberries, bananas, ice cubes, and avocados in it. And I wanted to throw my phone. Right, you strawberries, bananas, we're fine, we're doing great. Avocado, there's no need for this. Just eat an avocado. Yeah, probably probably everything bagel seasoning, just straight yeah. into that pre-blend. Last but not least, and this will probably get me in trouble, but for the price, uh-huh. lo- lobster is gassed. Lobster is gassed, all right? You're it's right. Good. You're right. It's But it's not like, oh, the lobster. It's just, it's just it's seafood, okay? It's good. Right. Yeah, you just get the different seafood. He's get right. steak. 
He's yeah. right. So lobster, fine with it. But it gets like, you know, oh, the lobster. All right, you can chill out lobster. You're not a big deal. Another reason You're why you need to start shopping at Costco, Ben. Costco's got lobster tail, and they've got Alaskan king crab on really good prices. So I, like, I can, I, I do not really even, I never even look at, I never even glance at lobster when it's on a menu at a place to eat. There's no need. Why would I do that? I'm right. not paying. I'm not paying thirty six dollars for a sandwich in which I'm going to be hungry two hours later. No, I'm not doing it. Absolutely not. Mm. I'm with. All you. right, I'm getting fully sold on Costco, man. Yeah, you you need to, dude. Get with the second you get there, you get you're allowed to eat a hot dog because it's either that or a sporting event, and that's it. Last one. This is the last question is from Connor. Plant your flag on the meteoric rise of a QB this season. So this is a little early because we're not in the summer scouting yet, and we will probably change our answers from summer scouting, but. I, meteoric. I, yeah, like what 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 constitutes meteoric? Was not in the top twelve. Will be in the top eight. Uh, top twelve of what? Rank rank the quarterbacks in terms of the quality of season they had last season. If they were injured, quality of season in twenty nineteen. They're outside of the top twelve. Uh, At my- the end of this season. You'll rank their seasons, and they'll be in the top eight. My two answers are, and I, I don't know how much pushback you're going to give me on this, but my two answers are Malik Willis or uh, Michael Penix Jr. I think he's talking about NFL. Oh, oh he's no, 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 he's talking no, about the draft. draft. Oh, I thought he was talking about the NFL. He's talking um, about the draft. Yes, I would say Malik Willis or Matt Corral at Ole Miss. Oh, nice. Okay, there we go. There it is. Fan Friday and the book. That's it. That's it. Appreciate everybody asking questions, getting in on the Fan Friday show. I felt like that one was a lot of fun. I always feel like they're fun, but this is a great one. I appreciate everybody who reached out on Instagram, on Twitter, on the premium Slack. You guys are the best. Thank you for being great allies of the pod. Ending the weekend, or ending the week the right way. Ushering in the weekend the right way as well. I am going on a little bit of a vacation next week. And so it is... TBD, whether I will be on any of the podcasts that we have over the next week, which just so you guys know, we are switching to off-season format. So for the next at least couple of weeks, I think it's it's the next like two or three weeks-ish, we are only going to be having three podcasts per week. So we're going to have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule instead of a five days a week. We're going to do a creative and fun mock draft Monday. I think every single Monday that we can, it'll be some sort of interesting topic that'll kind of be, we'll we'll be a little bit flexible with it during the middle of the week, but we're still going to have Fan Friday at the end of every single week, uh, even during the the three episode format. So just to give you guys a heads up, we are moving to that part of a format. And when we're done with that, that's when we'll start getting into summer scouting. So once we are done with the three episode a week format we'll, we'll get straight into summer scouting and like i said i think that that's uh i don't have the schedule right in front of me but it's either two or three weeks something like that i can't remember um what exactly the ad schedule was like for us but it, it just so you guys have that on the radar and so you don't you guys aren't like hey where's the podcast on tuesday because well it's not coming we're only doing three weeks so i i probably will not be on any podcast next week but i leave you in the fine soft yet strong hands Oh my. <laughs> of my co-host Benjamin Solak, who Hello. will be navigating you throughout your favorite podcast all of next week. Benny, you ready for that? You ready for that responsibility? 
I just feel like I gotta start exfoliating now. I wouldn't my hands. I got put lotion on. Yeah, you got well. Well, you've got to you've got a deadlift to get the calluses going, and then put lotion on them. That's how yeah. you get. The I've got pretty good calluses from the rowing machine, but oh yeah, no softness yet. Oh, rowing machine. Look at you. Look at Ben. Yeah, get swole. We got Summer Solak in the house. All right, everybody. You guys have a great weekend. Until next time, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.